Welcome to the Elevate Effect podcast, where we give you the resources to take you from workloads to workflows. I'm your host, Courtney. I'm an online systems educator for coaches. Fueled by cold brew and a love for watching endless reruns of Friends, I'm here to give you the tools and the support you need to scale your business and take back charge of your life and your time. So pour yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and let's do the damn thing. All right, everybody, I'm so excited for today's episode because we are with Stacey Hoschild, who is a director of operations and a ClickUp consultant. And we're going to be talking about all things strategic planning and business management today. So Stacey, I'd love for you to start out by telling everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got started and where you're currently at today. Thanks for having me on the show. I am an American originally from Kansas based in Oaxaca, Mexico. I came here seven and a half years ago for a holiday and stayed. Just never left. And that sounds quite amazing, but I have been living outside the United States for 20 years. So it's not like I had never left Kansas and then decided to move to Mexico. But once I decided to stay, I was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? You know, like I got to make a living. And so I did what a lot operationally based people do. And I start out as a virtual assistant. But before I started out in the online space, I was a director of studies in post-conflict countries supporting educational development. So it was not like a VA was not in line with any of my skill set. So even as a virtual assistant, I was very strategic and managing my clients, even though that wasn't my role. And flash forward seven years later, I am a director of operations specializing in strategic planning. And I think when you say the word strategic planning, it makes most people want to put their head in the sand, run for the hills. I mean, it's such a like a dry like thing. And so what I like to say is I am breaking down all the myths and stereotypes Strategic planning is not a bunch of white men sitting in a boardroom in a corporate office planning for the next 10 or 15 years. (laughs) Strategic planning is all about creating clarity, direction, and a path forward for you and your business. Easy peasy. I mean, a lot more details goes into that, but it's not this dry corporate sounding thing that a lot of us think about. Yeah. I have to kind of give similar explanations for systems because it's not like nobody wants to learn about systems or wants to do systems in their business, right? It's kind of like legal or finance and it doesn't sound very fun, but so, so incredibly important for your business though, right? That's the thing is most of the times it's not the fun sounding stuff that's actually moving the needle forward in your business. Like you're needing it to. So, and I wanted to ask, you said you've lived out of the United States for 20 years. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So can you kind of give us a little globe trotting route? Where did you have, where have you been living outside of Mexico? Yeah, absolutely. So I studied abroad in Ronda, Spain okay. for a year in undergrad. Immediately out of college, I went to the Peace Corps and I was based in Cabo Verde or Cape Verde, as we sing in English, which is an island nation off the coast of West Africa. Out of grad school, I went to Morocco for a year. And I think a lot of us think of Morocco as like sand and like hot sunshine. 
I lived in this mountain town where it snowed 24 seven and the winds blew horizontally. Bless Morocco, but that was not my, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And and then I was based in Timor-Leste, Southeast Asia, right north of Australia for four years. And you know, what got me to Oaxaca was a friend from university who still lives here, which is a very special thing. But what got me to stay was that I was in a different place in my life where I was tired of moving every two to four years. And I wanted to start to put some, some roots down. Well, that's amazing. I am a, I love hearing about people's travels. I, I used to travel a lot, quite a bit before I had my son and my aunt, she's lived abroad for a good portion. Well, actually pretty much like you, since she graduated college, you lived in Japan and Norway and Sri Lanka, and she's been in Switzerland for 17 years now. So that's where she ended up putting her roots down after she did her traveling was in Switzerland. But I always, it's just so interesting to hear, you know, how people have traveled around the world, what supported them as they went. Like you mentioned, you were in the Peace Corps and, and things of that nature. So very, very interesting to hear all about that. And what an exciting life too. I mean, you have probably have some really cool stories. I, I definitely do. And people have said, Oh, you should teach people how to travel. And I'm like, I've been doing this for so long that I can't teach people anymore, you know? And so I also like to say that, yeah, I do travel a lot and I live abroad, but I also do my dishes it just happens to be in a foreign language. Yep. You know, like I still have the like mundaneness of life. It's not all like tacos and tequila all the time. You know? As much as we all like to partake in that once in a while, it's not all the time. <laughs> well, that's so amazing. And, you know, I know your overall mission is to help entrepreneurs, like we mentioned, with strategic planning and managing their businesses so that they can expand and step more into their role as a true CEO. And I also know that one of the first things you help business owners establish during their journey is a foundation based on mission values um, and vision. So what advice would you give business owners who don't really yet have a solidified mission or vision for their business? And what role does having a strong foundation of values and vision and mission in your business play? Um, on the success of your business. So I think it plays different, it plays different roles at different stages of business. If you are just starting out, your goal is to get clients. That is, you know, like full stop. And I'm not worried about mission, vision, values, culture when you're just starting out. For entrepreneurs who are more established, they have recurring income coming in and they're looking to grow their business. I want to know what's the purpose of their business. Like, why are they doing what they're doing? My mission is to smash the patriarchy. And I do that through operations. I can do that through other avenues, but I'm choosing to help women get strategic, get paid, and create businesses that support their lifestyle. And so if they are established, I want to know what's the purpose. Why do you exist? If when I also want to look at their vision. And when I say vision, I want to also debunk this idea that we're looking at the vision of like Microsoft or some big corporate entity. And you go to their website and they're like, here's my vision. Quite frankly, I don't care about that. <laughs> what I care about is the vision of the CEO because behind every powerful executive in corporate, they have their own vision about how that business supports, you know, their lifestyle. They don't talk about it. And that's what I'm interested in. Okay. CEO, here we are. You are right now, most likely an employee in the business. What do you, what do you envision for your life, for your family, for your business, 
for yourself. And that's what I care about because I am kind of a lazy entrepreneur. Like I'm not a 12 hours, 12 hours a day, six days a week. I don't want to be that. And most people don't want to be that. So I want to know what does your ideal lifestyle look like so we can create a strategic roadmap to help you get there. For values, this helps attract the right people to your business in terms of clients, contractors, and and employees. So it's the guiding compass that we start with. It's also what I call the unbreakable foundation because it helps you make decisions in your business about what direction you want to go, what to say yes to, what to say no to. I love that you said that. There's so many things actually that you just said that I resonated with because I personally experienced them, right? Like when I first started my business, I paid no attention to like, what's my mission, my vision. I don't know. I'm just trying to find a client and get paid for the first time, you know? And you really, truly, I think you don't know at that point in time, what it's going to be. It's kind of like when you tell a person at, you know, 17 to pick their major, what they want to do for the rest of their life in college, um, which I mean, some people may know and may have known and they pursue that, which great for them. I was definitely not one of those people. I changed my major like 10 times, but I think it's kind of the equivalent. It's you don't know what you don't know yet. And with business, I didn't know what I wanted at that point in time. And it's evolved so much. I've been in business for five years now. And in the beginning, you know, when I was thinking about how I wanted my business to function, it was around my lifestyle. Like you mentioned at that point in time, which was, oh, I want to travel and I want to go be a digital nomad and like go travel the world. And how can my work support this? And then I put roots down and I got married and I had my first child and my business needed to change to support my current lifestyle. And that was how can my business support me to still continue to be mom and be present with my family while also helping to contribute financially. And what does that look like? And so I would say one thought, like you just hit the nail on the head with, you don't know when you're first getting started, but it becomes kind of like your guiding light on um, that North star in your business when you move forward, because it gives you more direction in terms of, okay, what opportunity do I say yes to? What opportunities do I say no to? What is actually moving me in the direction that I want to be? Because I think also at the beginning, you say yes to everything because you're like more money, more clients. Yes. 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 And that's what I did. And it quickly put me in burnout central because I was saying yes to everything, but my business, it was growing from a revenue perspective, but that's it. It wasn't going in a direction that I needed to, in terms of, do I have a team? Do I have packages or services that are scalable? And so I think all of that just plays such a huge role. I mean, like you, like I said, couldn't have articulated it better to exactly how my experience went and where that mission and vision and values starts to actually take a place in your business and how you need to use it strategically to get your business in a position to support the lifestyle that you need. And that's also what's great about being an entrepreneur or a business owner is you get to decide what that looks like and it can change at any point in time if you need it to. And I think that's another thing to keep in mind to people, you know, for people that are listening is, you know, really making sure that we're taking those things into account and not becoming complacent with, okay, this is how our business is now. And it has to be this way forever and keeping that in mind and making sure that we're, we're continuing to move the needle forward when things start to feel not good anymore. Does that make sense? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think some people think that a vision has to be this grandiose thing and it can be. And what I will say is I'm going to work with a vision that feels good to you. If you're a five-year planner, let's talk about that. I'm not a five-year person. Me neither. <laughs> My vision for 2023 is to decorate 
my new house with real paintings from small artists. You know, I don't want the the duplicate, replicate, whatever it's called, like the, what, what am I trying? You know, like you have the original painting and yeah. you can have the whatever. Great, great question. <laughs> I want to buy the $6,000 paintings from female artists. I want to decorate with, you know, rugs from Mexican families in the next village over. That's my vision for the year. I'm interested in right now. So it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing that you feel like like small goals are are great Mm -hmm. (laughs) and more attainable yes Mm -hmm. yes yeah definitely so what do you think then some first steps that you could take when you sit down with a business owner as an example to create a strategic plan for their business or what are the key elements that business owners need to be aware of when they're making a strategic plan money and data And so when we go through this first phase, you know, that unbreakable foundation, the next thing we go over is what are your revenue goals? And I want it, and we look at revenue goals from good, better, and best. And I will ask them, are these revenue goals based on data or did you pull them out of your ass? Yeah. And they (laughs) laugh and they're like, I just pulled them out of my ass. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number one, let's go back and look at those things that you want this year, have you factored them into how much you need to make? But more importantly than that, I want to think about profit. And there's a difference between revenue and there's a difference between profit and owner's pay and how much you are taking home. Because as we grow and as we scale, unless we are you know, people that don't need to sleep ever, we need, we need to hire people in our businesses. And those are operating costs that, you know, that, that, you know, that affect the bottom line. So for me, it's always revenue and profit first and understanding that and also understanding how much time do you have to spend on your business, not in your business on client work, on your business, depending on you know, other responsibilities that you have, because that's going to determine how many projects we can do. I'm not going, I am like, nothing about me is sugar-coated rainbows and unicorns. If we work together, I'm going to be like, nope, that's not going to happen. And here's why. Oh, okay, cool. And I think that's great. It's, It's like, we need people to reflect back to us and hold space for us and give us, give us the space to think. Right. So for me, number after, after that unbreakable foundation is finances. I love that because whenever we're talking with, you know, our clients or students, we always, always tell them use data to make decisions because so many people don't. And it is you're literally just throwing a dart at a dartboard blind. If you are not using data to make decisions in your business and hoping that it's successful, you know, as an example, we're having our first team meeting today, post 2022. And one of the first things that we're going to be doing is going through our numbers from the year. You know, how many, what what was our revenue? How many specific uh, service did we sell? Where were those people coming from? Were they referrals? Were they from Instagram? Were they from the podcast, because that data gives us the power to make decisions, to pursue an outlet that's going to make our business more successful. Okay. Hey, we saw this service perform the best. How do we make sure that we're marketing that service more? How do we make sure that we're hitting the right people? How do we expand this service? What are our clients wanting and using that data to make decisions, to actually grow and scale our business in the direction that 
It's, it, it's intended to be. And I think a lot of the times too, we're in a space where we're on and around social media all the time and seeing how other people are running their businesses and the services that they offer and the ways that they market. And we think, oh, we need to be doing that because they're doing it. And that may, they're successful, at least from Instagram's perspective, they're, they're successful. But if we're always focused on, you know, if we're running a race and we're looking at the person next to us, we're not going to win the race. We need to focus on our own lane and actually look at the things that are performing best for us. And, and so I love that you talk like the very first thing out the door, it's finance and data and that's it. And that, because that's what you have to look at. That is, that is reality of running a business. And that is what you have to look at to be, like you said, strategic and making that plan uh, for your business moving forward. And data doesn't have to be scary. What is scary is continuing to do the same thing over and over again, not seeing results and not knowing why. Yeah. And, you know, as we're obviously like in a similar field, right. And we, uh, our main purpose is helping business owners, you know, really clean up their internal operations and systems. Um, we really like the tech side of business. And so with that, you know, they have the same, the time to expand their business and step into that CEO role because they're not having to manage the day-to-day -day so much in their business anymore. I mean, we see a lot of business owners that get bogged down under the, you know, daily logistics and operations. So what advice can you give to business owners that are wanting to clear out the daily clutter from their business and their lives? And what steps can they take to find out what needs to change, what needs to go, what they should start, stop doing in their business to be more successful? Hey there, quick interruption. So having an online business also means promoting and accepting payments for products, subscriptions, and services. And if you're like me, you want something simple and efficient to help you out with this. That's why I use Thrivecart in my business. Thrivecart is more than just a shopping cart platform. It allows you to set up payment plans, recurring subscriptions, coupon codes, and even affiliate programs for your products and services. Thrivecart has saved me so much time and stress in my business when it comes to payment. All you have to do is go to the link below in the show notes and sign up to get started. Alrighty, now let's get back to the show. From an operational standpoint, I asked the CEOs a know like a handful of questions but I also ask them to go back to their team with a set of questions and this is the only part of the strategic plan where we bring in other people so you know the, the service suite finances legals other things it's all it's all of them but when we get to operational efficiencies I ask the CEO to go back to the team and figure out like what how do they think things are going, what roadblocks, what not roadblocks, what bottlenecks do they see in the business? Do they feel like they can contribute more in a way that they're currently not? And what can they delegate to people? From a wider perspective, I think a lot of things feel like clutter if you're not focused on what you should be focused on. So when we go through the strategic plan and we look at various areas of business, of, of business, we're going to come away with, in any given time period, where should you be focusing your efforts in the business? And we cannot do everything all the time. Clutter can feel like having an overloaded inbox, but clutter can also feel like that mental overload of things in your brain because you can't sit still for 30 minutes or you can't focus on the thing because you feel like you're pulled in a thousand directions. And 
So we will look at that piece and figure out, okay, and in, in, during this quarter, what are we spending the majority of time on and what has to wait to quarter two? Everything seems important, but we can only do so much at a, at a certain time. So I think, you know, if I were to summarize that, it's asking your team how business can be run more efficiently, but also understanding where you should be putting your time. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned team too, because that's been something particularly important for me to be doing this past year, because I have stepped back more from the day to day in my business because I've been home with my son. And so they're really more in the weeds of, you know, what's going on day to day, more, you know, interaction with clients and how projects are going and stuff that I'm not seeing as much now that I would have been previously. And so getting their feedback right now is astronomically important for the success of our business because they're the ones doing it. And so I love that you mentioned that. And then in regards to the clutter, this kind of perfectly leads into the next question, which is how can business owners prioritize what to focus on in their business? What would you have any suggestions for, okay, there's a lot of clutter. How do I prioritize what, what, what I should do first? So we look at your vision for yourself and for the business. And we look at financial goals and we look to see what is going on in the business and you know, what's working, what's not, and where do we want to go? And so an example of that may be someone who has, you know, a solid service suite and is ready to create a course. But when we look at their list, it's a small list. And so what we really need to do first is spend our time and energy with marketing and visibility to grow our list and then push that course creation back a quarter because we're going to create a course and not have anybody to sell it to, right? So that's a, you know, a very, very like specific example, but it is about looking at, okay, what are your revenue goals? How much time do you have to spend in the business? And what are you, what, what's, what's your vision? Because we're going to go through every part of the business and say, okay, I've dumped out all my brain, all my ideas, all my notes in my phone, all my sticky notes, like all these things right into one place. And sometimes it becomes like, oh, you know what? That's been sitting in my phone for a really long time. And I keep looking at it, but like, that's not even important anymore. Like get out of here. Right. And being able to ditch what's not important also frees up space for the things that are important. Yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned the, the, the revenue based goals quite a bit, obviously, because it is so important. And so do you have advice for business owners who are trying to set and achieve their profit based goals? Like, is there a certain steps that you recommend them taking for, okay, Hey, I've set this big goal for myself for my revenue this year and my profit. Now what, how do I, what's, what's the vision or the steps that I could take to look at actually achieving that? So before I say that, I want to say that I am by no means a bookkeeper or a CFO. Let's <laughs> <Me laughs> just, I was an English major and a journalist yep. and I'm not great. I'm not great with numbers. I understand the importance of them, but quite frankly, spreadsheets, not like good. they stress, they, they stress me out. I don't want to look at them. Um, I do look at them with the help of my CFO. So I think that the project that we identify first is to figure out your your client capacity. How much are you, like what services have been selling? It's like what you said, we're gonna look at what services have been selling, how much have we, have, have we made from them, mm -hmm. right? 
Do we need to raise our prices? The answer is probably yes. What is your capacity? And, you know, they have to put all those pieces of the puzzle together to figure out, you know, how many clients they need to cut and to go through the application process. Okay, if we need X amount of clients to go through the, the application process, we need this many people to see, you know, what what we do. Right. And I think sometimes people will say, well, can you help me create, you know, my capacity and whatnot? And if I'm in someone's business on a long-term operational retainer, I, I will do that. But if you don't have a bookkeeper or a CFO, I would highly recommend having at least a one-off session with somebody who understands and specializes in that and who can look at your numbers and say, okay, here's what we got going on. And my CFO will say, like, I, my, my CFO's mission is to demystify the 100K, you know, flashing, like, sexy images on Instagram, right? To understand, okay, great, revenue goals. This is how much time we have to spend in the business. Here's our overhead. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably one of the best investments I made in my business. I was using just like, you know, bookkeeping software, which was great. We used bench for the longest time, but when I actually invested in hiring like a CFO in my business and she really gave me a better understanding of, okay, if these are our goals, these are our services, these are our pricing, this is our time. We need to sell X, Y, and Z of this service and this service. And these are our, you know, even from like a profit planning perspective. Okay. If we, we know that we need to hire an additional team member at this point in time, how much cash on hand do we need to have? How much, you know, what's our recurring revenue look like? What's our projections for the rest of the year in order to even be able to make that higher? And that is not something I would have been able to do. And so that was truly one of the best things I ended up doing was, was take making that higher in my business was bringing somebody in at a higher level for managing our, our finances and our bookkeeping, because it gave us data and it gave us more hard hitting numbers for us to actually make those decisions to plan for the year and plan for our profit goals. And, um, so I know that you just mentioned spreadsheets and obviously we're big systems and tech people. And so we love talking and asking our our guests about um, what their favorite platforms are. And I know that you're also a ClickUp consultant. So, um, I'd love to talk about ClickUp really quickly. Just what are maybe some of your favorite features with ClickUp and how are you potentially using that in your business right now? So I have moved away hundred percent from doing standalone, standalone ClickUp builds, like we, you and I, and our our teams use ClickUp completely differently um, in our businesses, and we craft strategic plans using ClickUp. And what that means is, when clients walk away, they have an agile living. It's not a document, but I'm going to call it a document. An agile living document that allows them to reflect continue to plan even after you know our time is done. I could never give somebody a strategic plan in a spreadsheet or a PDF. That to me sounds like if I gave somebody a PDF and said, these are the projects for quarter one, well, what happens if we don't finish one project in quarter one? What well, needs to be moved to quarter two? And you can easily do that and click up with custom fields and drop downs and say, okay, you know, we got this really great opportunity. We have to know the difference between FOMO and pivoting. We got this really great opportunity to do what else, to, to do something in quarter two, which means, okay, we want to slot that in and something else is going to have to drop down. 
like and literally dropped down via the yes. drop down menu and move it to quarter three, yeah. right? And we we also have custom fields that say, okay, is this going to be the CEO's responsibility, somebody on the team, or do we need to hire a third party third party contractor to manage this? Because it's important for entrepreneurs to when they come into this process to know that everything is not dependent on them to move the business forward. So we can look and say, okay, what parts of the strategic plan am I responsible for? What parts am I delegate? So of course I'm a huge clickover. And for me, strategic plans come alive through custom fields and views to be able to see, okay, quarters, months, strategic objectives, same information, just looking at it in a different, in a different way. Yeah. I think custom fields is probably my favorite feature at like overall in ClickUp just because it makes it so much easier to custom tailor your ClickUp setup to your specific business's needs. So whether it's functioning as an actual to-do list or a strategic plan or a roster of students, like you have, like the world is your oyster in terms of how you can strategically build ClickUp using custom fields to manipulate the things that you need to see in your business. So I just love custom fields because it just makes it so much easier to, to use ClickUp as an all-in-one hub versus just for task and project management. 100% agreed. Yeah. Well, Stacy, it has been so nice chatting with you today. Like I loved listening, like just, I love listening to people's brains, you know, how, how they, you've just done so much with like with your life and how you've developed everything. And then obviously like can so relate to everything that you're doing in terms of your business and how it's resonated with me and mine and just so interesting. And if, if somebody's interested in working with you and they want to start moving, especially at the beginning of the year right now, I mean, planning for the year is huge and in, in, in determining the success of your year. So if somebody's wanting to work with you, what are their options and how do they get in touch with you? You can find me at stacyhoshchild.com and we are currently running a, from, a promo for the beginning of the year. Um, but I also want, just want to say that if you're listening to this later on in the year, start strategic planning on a Wednesday. It does not have to be a Monday in January. <laughs> can be a Wednesday in July. Um, And we are running a promo for $350 off our strategic planning right now. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. And for everybody listening, we'll have all that linked in the show notes for you guys. So it's really easy to access, but again, Stacey, we super appreciate you coming on today. You're just a wealth of knowledge. And as always, we like to wrap up our podcast episodes with some fun rapid fire questions. So are you ready for your questions? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, what is your favorite meal? That's a hard question. It's actually really easy and it's, it's, it's Thai, Thai food. Yep. Thai food. I live in Oaxaca, Mexico, and we are, I would say like the cuisine capital of Mexico, but I can like go a few days without a tortilla. Let's just say that. (laughs) You probably had your fill of being seven years. When I left Southeast Asia, I said, if I never see another noodle, yeah, I will. And now I'm like, oh my God, I, I want, want some noodles. noodles. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably would be the hardest question for me because I just love all food in general. So like, if you were to tell me, pick your favorite one, I'm like I could never, I could never. Um, okay. What is your favorite place you've ever traveled to? Mali, West Africa. Mali, West Africa. I spent three weeks traveling through Mali, like literally went to Timbuktu on purpose. Wow. Um, I spent Christmas Eve sleeping in the Sahara Desert and 
I would not do that same trip at this time in my life. At that time, I was riding public transportation, eating on the side of the road. It was hot. I was sweaty. I was dirty. Speaking of and then I saw Christmases. these. What's that? So speaking of not cold Christmases, Christmas Eve. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I would see these like quote unquote old tourists that were probably like mid forties, which yeah. I'm creeping up on, getting out of their air conditioned uh, SUVs, and I and I would think like, oh god, how snotty! I can't believe you'd like travel like that, right? But that's exactly how I would do it now. Yep. Like, oh, it's exactly, you could not get me on an air-conditioned bus to save my life right now. Yeah. And so I hold that as a really, really, like, special trip in my life because it was three weeks and it was hot and dirty and absolutely incredible. That's awesome. I love that. That is so cool. Um, what is your favorite TV show if you have one? I'm a bit of a Netflix junkie. I loved Friday Night Lights <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Parenthood, The Fosters, any of those like comedy dramas with really close-knit communities and families. I love them. My guilty pleasure right now is Love is Blind. Um, I watch it. <laughs> I hate admitting that, but I do too. I watch it. <laughs> but it's, um, it's like addicting it's weirdly addicting it is weirdly addicting and I just started watching the Japanese version last night uh-huh. and it's my guilt it's my guilty pleasure and I I am embarrassed but also that's just you know that's the way it is well I, I'm right there with you so embarrassed <laughs> but it is what it is <laughs> that is life right now okay and I'm changing up a rapid fire question just because I know your travel background now so you've been in Mexico for seven years what would be your next dream location if you were to move somewhere I wouldn't you wouldn't you'd say where you're no, at I am a permanent resident I have fully immigrated to Mexico I have acquired seven pets in seven years. And so, and just moved into an amazing house. So, you know, I feel like this is home and I put my roots down here and there are still places I would like to travel, but to live, I have found, I found my home. Good. That's so, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. And for somebody that's obviously traveled around the world and it's like, Hey, this is where I want to put my roots down. I think that's saying a lot. So I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that's my last question for you. But like I said, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a good conversation. And like I said, for everybody listening, um, we've linked everything in the show notes for Stacy. Um, if you want to get in touch with her or work with her, Stacy, I think I'm going to have to request a picture of all the pets to include in the show notes for those listening, because I'm very now invested in seeing your pet family. <laughs> so we'll have to, have we can, I can, I can work on that. Okay, perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us, Stacy and, um, everybody else. We will see you guys on next week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Elevate Effect podcast. If you liked what you heard, share the episode with your best friend, team member, or even your dog. If you have a minute, leave a review below or DM me on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear on the podcast next. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you next week.